As the inflation crisis continues to worsen, the Bank of Canada is holding its interest rate steady at 5%. A judge ruled no jail time for a man convicted of a gun crime because his great-grandfather's experiences as a residential school survivor. A non-binary teacher in Quebec is demanding school children use gender-neutral language. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, September 7th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Andrew Lawton. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We have got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The Bank of Canada has decided to leave its interest rate unchanged, remaining at 5%, according to a statement released on Wednesday by the central bank. The bank said it was, quote, prepared to increase the policy interest rate further if needed, while it, quote, remains concerned about the persistence of underlying inflationary pressures. The Bank of Canada has warned that rising fuel costs will likely lead to inflation being higher in the near term before settling back down again. In July, Canada's annual inflation rate rose up to 3.3% from 2.8% in June. The Bank of Canada's announcement to hold the rate at 5% comes as an RBC poll reveals that more and more post-secondary students are staying home with their parents while they complete their education compared to the previous decade. RBC surveyed 1,000 people aged 18 to 29 using an online Ipsos poll from June 29th to July 12th. The survey found that 47% or nearly half the respondents said they would be living in their parents' homes during the school year. That is a market increase from 36% when the same poll was conducted in 2013. The RBC report went on to say it expects about 45% of students will graduate with as much as $20,000 in debt, even more than a decade ago when that figure was down at 30%. Obviously, a couple of moving parts in this, but let's just talk about the Bank of Canada for a moment because these were the people that said inflation was transitory in the first place and that this wasn't going to be this long-term issue that it's become. Do you buy into their note now that, oh, well, it's going to settle back down in the future? Well, you know, Andrew, in 2022, Bank of Canada bureaucrats got $20 million in bonuses, despite the Crown Corporation hiking interest rates seven times that year. Uh, Now it's up to 10. Um, And inflation reached a 40-year high in 2022. And 80% of their workforce received a bonus, despite the Bank of Canada not meeting their mandate of keeping inflation at a target of 2%. And Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem predicted that their interest rate would stay at its 2020 level of 0.25% into 2023. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, But Andrew, you know, with what you were saying about university students and how this is affecting them, you know, half of university students living in their parents' home. I moved out a month after I graduated high school. I moved actually across the country from Burnaby, BC to Halifax. So yeah, I couldn't, couldn't wait to move out. And I mean, obviously, I had roommates, but To think now, even having roommates doesn't make your life more affordable. 
No, and this is where you have to look at the interconnectedness of all these issues. I mean, cost of going groceries, yes, that's something that everyone deals with. But the housing costs in general have seen a disproportionate amount of inflation. We see young people uh, bearing the brunt of that. And I, I think there's a life aspect of this, too, is that even if people are forced into having roommates because it's the only way they can afford to live, uh, that kind of delays the launch into adulthood for, in some cases, years. That's exactly what I was thinking. Andrew, you know, I wonder if, you know, if fewer students are moving out of their parents' homes, or if that becomes a really delayed milestone, how is that going to affect Gen Z's ability to be independent, to be self-sufficient, and to learn how to live with other people and clean and run a household? Because eventually that should prepare you to be able to start your own family. And I know that a lot of people say in other cultures, you know, you live at home until you're married. And in other cultures, you live in a multi-generational household and your whole life. And we need to return to that way of living. Um, maybe so. That certainly wouldn't work for me. But if it works for some people, then great. And I'm glad that they've found a way to live in these unaffordable times. A man convicted of a gun crime has been given a conditional sentence instead of prison time after the judge factored in his indigenous heritage and specifically his great-grandfather's experiences as a residential school survivor. The judge felt the grandfather's experiences have affected the defendant and his family through generations. The man was arrested in 2019 in possession of an illegal handgun and pleaded guilty to two firearm-related charges in 2022. The judge acknowledged that during the time of the man's arrest, he was attempting to visit sex workers at the hotel and that he carried the firearm for the purposes of protection. The judge also noted that the man had previously owned the firearm legally, though his license had expired in 2017. Since the 1999 Gladue case, Canadian judges have been required to weigh the trauma, apparently associated with Indigenous heritage, in sentencing Indigenous offenders. Justice Bernstein said the defendant endured a, quote, profound negative impact as a result of being estranged from his father and culture during his upbringing. Well, Andrew, you're a firearms expert, so I'll let you get into that aspect of this. But I do want to kind of question bringing a firearm to go visit prostitutes at a hotel, apparently for his own protection. Uh, I'm going to say I, I totally doubt that narrative. I don't know why you need guns around vulnerable women who are selling their bodies. Yes, and it was quite weird how the judge viewed that as being a mitigating effect in and of itself by saying it's not like the standard uh, gun crime. And also, this was not a guy who bought it uh, through some illicit black market means. This was a guy that once had a license and he let his license expire. Nevertheless, gun crime, as it should be, is taken very seriously by the courts. And the judge said as much. And all of these other factors were not as prominent in reducing this guy's sentence as the fact that his great-grandfather was in a residential school, which the judge said, well, that affected uh, the great-grandfather's relationship with the grandfather and the relationship with the father and then the relationship with this guy. And, uh, you know, a lot of what was described would, while it's compliant with the law, and uh, now that judges have to take into account Indigenous heritage, people that have had upbringings that are very rocky and a lot of family trauma that are not Indigenous would look at that and say, well, where's my leniency? Exactly. And, you know, this is something people from even within Canada and outside of it may not know, is Canada's justice system operates in a race-based fashion. If you commit a crime, your race will be taken into account to, you know, usually lessen your sentence in order to, you know, apparently over, you know, correct the overrepresentation 
of racial minorities and indigenous people who are incarcerated. Since the introduction of Gladue reports, so Canadian judges must apply different standards to those who identify as, as indigenous in bail, sentencing, appeals, parole, board hearings, all that. Yes, and, and again, I mean, we also see this in other areas uh, where we have race-based sentencing guidelines applying to uh, people that aren't Indigenous but are perhaps Black. And, you know, the one thing that I don't see is a race-based approach to enhance a sentence when the victim is in one of these groups. Right. So in this recent Nova Scotia case that I was reading about in the National Post where a mentally disabled Black man had an incestuous relationship with his daughter, who was also black and mentally disabled. And they even birthed a severely developmentally delayed child. Okay, sure, he got his sentence. He only was on a house arrest because his black identity was taken into account. Well, what about the fact that, you know, his daughter was black also and she's the victim? Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. A non-binary public elementary school teacher's demand to be referred to as Mix Martine rather than Mr. or Ms. has become a cultural flashpoint in Quebec. A Col de Richelieu principal, Christine de Rome, wrote a letter to parents of grade five and six students informing them of one of their teachers, quote, non-binary, unquote, gender identity. The letter explained that grades five and six teachers will, quote, benefit from a one-day reduction in their duties per cycle, and that on those days, students will instead be taught by Mix Martine La Violette. The principal said uh, she would explain the teacher's naming preference to students on the first day and offer, quote, a discussion about openness, differences, gender names, etc., this letter was leaked and posted on social media where it received strong backlash, including some pushback from political leaders in the province, although the school district subsequently said that uh, all of the backlash was hateful, violent, and defamatory, so much so that they got the police involved. Quebec's education minister, Bernard Drainville, said that uh, people should calm down, saying that there is no reason to start insulting, intimidating, or threatening anyone. Although, at the same time, he admitted to being a little taken aback when first learning about the pronoun expectation or prefix expectation. Uh, here we have uh, something that it isn't about the curriculum, it isn't about what kids are being taught about people in the world, but children are being told that you must just capitulate. And if someone says, call me Mix, that's my title. This is not benign, is it, Lindsay? No, it's not. And something Jordan Peterson has said about pronouns that hasn't gotten as much attention is that they are mutually, and you know, prefixes, prefixes and pronouns, they are mutually negotiated. So it's not only about how you see yourself, it's also about how the world perceives you. And I was trying to think of solutions to this whole issue if, if you want to avoid saying um, mix for this teacher. You know, in English, we say teacher, but in French, the word would have to be gendered. So it would have to be enseignant or enseignante, so masculine and feminine, respectively. Um, but, you know, maybe something like prof would work. Um, so, you know, it is a sticky issue. 
And frankly, I don't mind if someone wants to be non-binary, although I do wonder, you know, what is it saying when this teacher is here? Does it imply that there's something so wrong with being a female that is just more masculine looking or a male that's more metrosexual? Because those are both okay. And, you know, if, for instance, you're a more butch female, there's nothing wrong with that. And you don't need to remit your status as a female and identify as non-binary just because you might be a more masculine female. Oh, you're right. And you mentioned the gendered nature of the French language. I mean, that was always the hardest thing is having to remember, you know, arbitrarily whether your fridge is a man or a woman when you're, you know, trying to study up for your French test. Uh, But because of that, uh, what I found interesting is that the teacher has said they're okay using the French female pronouns of of L, which I I find interesting enough. So already the teacher is accepting that uh, perhaps some level of a binary is tolerable, uh, which makes makes me think that this is almost just deliberately done. Yeah, and and not to imply anything about this teacher's intentions, and a variety of people going in go into the education profession, but you do have to wonder like what is it about being a teacher that attracts so many um just people of kind of different sexual orientations who end up getting a lot of publicity. It's Maybe it's a phenomenon to be studied, or maybe it's not a significant phenomenon and it's just exaggerated in the media. I don't know. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors and families, even those lefty uncles. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. 